All right, let's, let's uh, got some stuff to unpack today, so let's get into this word. Uh, we're talking about finding purpose, um, and we got, I stopped in a few classes today, and it's amazing how each class I went to, from the first class in here to the class next door, like everything that everybody was talking about is what we're going to talk about today, so like you just can't make this stuff up. Had a, had a good time with the Survival Kid class. You know, that was cool. Um, you know, it showed up at the, the perfect timing, you know. All right, so so again, we've been talking about purpose, and, and honestly, just as a foundation, you know, purpose, our design, and why we're here. If I, if I want to know what my design is and what I'm purposed to do, I want to get with the designer, right? And we know that's God. So, of course, we're going to find purpose in God. You know, we're, now we're looking through a glass darkly, but then face-to-face. Now we know in part. But also, as I'm looking through a mirror, looking at this word in the mirror, I'm changing to his image day by day. You know, we got all the scriptures we're fearfully and wonderfully made. And so, I'm, I'm trying to get to God. But the interesting thing is, as we were talking about in the Bible school, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about the body, and I'm, I'm going to hit an excerpt from what we talked about just to get us into some things today. But realize this. Um, you know, the Bible says in Genesis, it says it's not good for man to be alone, right? And, and all that's intentional is for a reason. But, but our natural man works to be alone because, once again, people, there's, there's responsibility. Like, you actually have to think about what you say when you're around people. When you're by yourself, you've got to think about what you say. You cool with everything that comes out your mouth. Like, you don't really rarely have a conversation. What you say to me? What you heard me? Like, you don't really, you know, I hope that's not happening at the crib. You know, like, well, you shouldn't have been talking to me like that. Well, you shouldn't have sp- speak up. Well, I'm on the inside. Well, come out. Like, you know, that person's going to be what? A straight jacket, right? Right? So, <laughs> it says amen. All right, so now, you know, like, like, think about, like, when you get into a relationship. If it ain't really a commitment, it's kind of like, cool, not much responsibility. And if something gets funky, you can go, well, we ain't really together together. You know what I'm saying? Or, or if you decide to do something and not tell nobody, be like, I don't see no ring on this finger. Like, you know what I'm saying? You can kind of navigate through that. You know, if you're not really on the team, but you just hover around the team, you know, and then somebody say, well, uh, we need you to do such and such. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I never committed to say I was, like, on the team team. You know, I hover around, try to grab some of the benefits, but I ain't committed, you know, where I got to show the meetings and, you know, let you know what I'm doing. We ain't rolling like that. Same thing with ministry. You know, like, like I, I, I like y'all, but I ain't trying to commit because it seems like every time I commit, you know, I, I don't really get along with women that well, you know? You know, women, you know, I'm cool with guys, but women, but see, you know why? Because with, with respectfully, because you, you already know I'm not a chauvinist, but I'm going to hit you with some, we're going to be, we're setting up for the relationship boot camp, right? Well, you're designed with emotion, and you're designed to consider a lot of things. So you have two sons, right? Yeah. So that's deep, but I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> let, me, 
you have two sons, right? <laughs> He's like, yeah. So as a, you know, I was talking about females too. So anyway, so I'm sure you don't want to be a part of this conversation. So, so at times, you know, they run it in your arms, but at times you pick up on too much. Don't do this. Stop that. Stop that. And I can, you know, they, they're not saying it now more as they get, oh, you're like, really? Can I get away with anything around here? Right? So, you, so you're designed to consider everything, right? Yeah. Now, put, put your mom come visit. Now, your mom come visit. She's trying to consider everything for the grandkids and you. Oh, <laughs> right? So, so I love you, but really, like, I think I'm, I'm, I'm the parent now, right? But, but she ain't tripping on you. She's what? Operating based on the, the, the emotions. Oh, baby, I don't think you want to do it that way. I don't really care how you think I want to do it. This is how we do it. This is how we roll here, right? You ain't going to say that, but, you know, but you're going to be thinking it, right? You understand what I'm saying? Okay, so let's say we all going to go out. Girls trip, right? Y'all do girls trip, not we, y'all. You know, I ain't going on a girls trip. So girls trip, right? You go out on a girls trip, right? All right. Isn't it amazing how it was supposed to be an exciting trip, but always something funky getting in there? You ever know why? Because, again... People, sometimes when people are um, uh, uh, emotional, they, they speak before they think. But, but they, they're just enjoying. Like the more you relax, the more you're just going to throw stuff out. And the more you're going to be like, oh, we weren't supposed to say that. I forgot. <laughs> that was a secret. My bad. Right? And then now you're going through these funks. Where I can, I'm not speaking to you. I'm not speaking to you. Well, I can't believe they came out. Nobody's coming at you crazy. They're just like you. <laughs> that's all you you mad at yourself right right and, and so 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 again it's a responsibility so you know what the first thought is I'll just be by myself I won't be around these young ladies you know because I might have to lay down my life for my friend and I'm not laying down my life I'm only in a relationship for my convenience the relationship is an accessory it's like a ring I'm not trying to really like go deep so we can harmonize and get along. That would cost me something. I'm not, I'm not in a relationship for cost. I'm in a relationship for gain. Right? I just, let's, let's just process through it, you know? You know, so let's say if you're an exhaustive talker, you're thinking, of, you know how my mind works? I'm going to use you. Uh, this is not you, Natalie, and this is not you. Oh, so then you ducked your head on that one. Right, right? So, so you know how uh, my mind works different. Well, now you're in an audience of a bunch of people whose mind works different. But you want everybody to understand your mind. What about the other minds? All right, we, we on the same page here? We good? So you're tempted to what? Isolate yourselves. Now, interesting enough, guys don't isolate for those reasons. Because just like we, we're, we short talk, like, so it's not a whole lot of information to get offended about. And then half of the time, we ain't really paying attention. So it's like, he said that? I never heard that. Like, you heard that? Like, you know what I'm saying? Because our goals are different. You understand what I'm saying? All I'm saying is there's responsibility, right? There's responsibility. The guy's challenge is, is they're all designed to lead. So everybody want to lead at the same time. So it's, so it's a lot of bumping heads. And then guys size each other up. So they think if somebody's doing something special, they're less than. 
So now I don't want to be around nobody unless I'm, I'm, I'm the man. I'm in charge. Right? All right, stay with me. Stay with me. Stay with me here. All right, so, because we're talking about purpose here, and it's going to be responsible. It's going to cost us something. We got to invest something. We got to give of ourselves, right? And we got to go, what was the song? Go deeper. We were talking about that last week. Now, realize this. A part of this going deeper is going to involve other people. I just purposely, I just see, because we're, we're, you know, because there's reflex responses for certain things. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, God's going to, uh, what's this, uh, what's this, uh, what's the vision here? Um, supernatural restoration. Supernatural restoration. Rejuvenation. Amen. Hallelujah. But I just said it's going to involve people. Look, twice. Right? You see that? You see that twice. All right, so, so God uses his anointed men and women of God as breadcrumbs or signs to purpose. God uses his anointed men and women of God as breadcrumbs or signs to purpose. So now we've, we talked about going deeper. We talked about you know, some things in the previous weeks. But this is going to be a key piece for us discovering purpose, right? There's, God will use, let's go to Second Chronicles, right? I'm going to give you chapter and verse. Um, just so you have to go home and meditate on this particular piece so you can really find, uh, remember we talked about, what was the message, uh, anointed associations? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, 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 so God's going to use these particular individuals. Uh, Second Chronicles 20. And so, so this is when the kingdoms was coming against uh, the king, and, you know, he called a, a solemn assembly, right? You know, solemn assembly, we, we, he called the people together. We're going to get an agreement. Now, we pray every morning at 5. You know, I was telling uh, Pastor Sean Moore that's coming out. I said, I said, I said, one, I said, they're used to the word. Because he was asking about the church. And I said, hey, we're used to the word. We're we in the word. These people are in the word. I said, and we try to speak the truth in love. We ain't trying to just water stuff down. Because, you, you know, because sometimes when you deal with people, you, as a leader, you could be intimidated. Well, I don't want to say this. This is going to make a person feel bad. So I gave it, I give you, I give you the story. Uh, when we first started the church, we lived in the uh, Ayersley. Uh, a, I know I'm saying it like Ayers H, but it's A-R-S-L-E-Y, right? Ayersley Apartments on South Triangle. And so there was a young lady that we ended up ministering to. She was from New Jersey, Newark, New Jersey, same place I'm from. Her apartment was on the other side of the wall of our bedroom, <laughs> right? So you, you're like on the other side of the wall. So she's from Jersey. And, you know, I told some of my stories. I grew up going to clubs. So so did she. And so, I, you know, we went to the Club Zanza bars. You know, anybody from Newark knows Club Zanza bar, Paradise Garage, all this. So we played house music, right? Uh, or back then we called it import music because it wasn't something you can get on the radio. It was imported, it was customized and digitally master mixed. So you only going to get it in the club. You ain't getting that version on, on, on the radio. And so, so sometimes when the college students come, they will play radio music because the college students wanted what was popular. We couldn't wait till they leave so we can get the customized music. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. So we're sitting in the house, and we're, I'm hearing everything I grew up on on the other side of the wall. Like all, you know, all the, all the, like 
old, like the, the, the what is it, uh, oldies, uh, but like the Blue Monday type music or whatever they call it. Uh, but what do we call it? Quiet Storm. That's it. Quiet Storm, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? So Quiet Storm was like the, what people call love music. It's not really love music. It's lust music. But, but I'm just saying, but they, it was that, you know, stylistics, Manhattan's Blue Magic. People know who those people are um, from back in the day. Okay, but then there was the club music. She's playing all of it. Everything I grew up with, she's playing in the back. So just so happened what came up on the docket for teaching, y'all know we have teachers in advance, right? Like I already know, I already know what the next teaching's gonna be, renewing the mind, right? So I, so I, so I already know. So music comes up. I gotta teach about music. What's in the mix? And I gotta teach about what God says about music. She's right on the other side of the wall. I already know she's on the other side of the wall. But I still had to teach it. So she comes up to me at the end of the service. Was you teaching that because, because you, of the music I play next door? And this is what I said. I said, fortunately. I didn't say unfortunately. I said, fortunately, you live next door. I said, this is what God had told me to teach. I can't change it because you're playing the music. You know what I'm saying? But, but again, you still have the choice you make, and we're not going to treat you anything any different because if you play the music t- again today. But I have to give all the considerations, and now you, you're responsible for the choice. But I can't change the considerations because you might be bothered. Right? right? That's a responsibility with family because, one, I'm a man of God. I have to communicate what God says. I can't keep watering it down for every individual situation where this person's going to be uncomfortable, where this person's going to be bothered. Well, don't talk about smoking because this person's smoking. Don't talk about drinking. These people will tell you here that, that I know, I knew they was drinking. I knew they was smoking. I talked about it. We still had conversation, and I never treated them anything any different because I got to teach the message. But I, that doesn't mean I'm going to speed up your development process. Does, does that make sense? That doesn't mean you're going to all of a sudden walk on water because I gave you the whole message on walking on water. You with me so far? All right, so, so let's, let's, go, let's, go to the, let's go to the text, right? So Jehoshaphat, uh, verse 18, 2 Chronicles 20, verse 18. It says, so Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground, like I do in the mornings, and all Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell before the Lord, worshiping the Lord, right? And the Levites of the children of Kohathites and of the children of Korites stood up to praise the Lord of Israel with a loud voice on high. Now, this is in the midst of a crisis, right? Verse 20, and they rose early in the morning and went forth into the wilderness of Tekoa. It says, and as they went forth, Jehoshaphat stood and said, hear me. Now, this is the man of God. Hear me, O Judah. Ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God, so shall you be established. So most of us, most of us can, will do that. We're going to believe God. Well, I'm just, I'm just believing God. I'm just doing whatever God says, right? But it says, believe as prophets, so shall you prosper. See, because there's a level where we believe God to establish ourselves. But to prosper, we now have to yield to the delegated authority or the different levels of, of uh, uh, mother, honor your mother and father, 
of, of people in our life that God sends to actually show us how to apply the things that we've established and learned, right? Amen. All right, so, so I want to read this from uh, what we talked about yesterday in spiritual authority. I shared this before here in the congregation on another message, but I think it'll fit perfect here because we're talking about purpose and we're going to be talking about how God uses people to get us in the place of purpose here today. So, so I'm going to read this here. This is page 80 through 81, bottom of page 80 to 81 in spiritual authority, okay? By Watchman Nee, for the people that in class know the book, people that's watching, you may not. All right, it says, it is impossible to make each member a whole body. So, so we're members, but like, it's possible to make the arm the whole body. It's a part of the body, right? It says, we must each learn to stand in the position of being a member and of accepting the workings of the other members. My hand has to stay in this position and accept the working and the flow of the rest of my body. Yes. Right? And trust that when he gets that nudge from that arm that's being pushed by that elbow, that's being led by that bicep and that shoulder that's connected to the, the you know, the, the chest or whatever, it's trusting, hey, whatever they have me do, I'm rolling with it. Right? Does that make sense? So I said, uh, we must learn to stand in the position of being a member and accepting the workings of the other members. What others see in here is reckoned as my seeing in here. Because right now when the hand goes to make a move or when I go to turn a page, the hand is accepting what the eyes recognize. It's not going, it's not stopping until it's going, well, let me analyze what you believe you see before I make this move. We go into the hospital if that happens, right? Because things are not connected, right? Things aren't firing right. Or we have, uh, 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 what is it, uh, when things you feel like you're dizzy, your equilibrium is thrown off. What's, what's that? Uh, vertigo or something, you know. So, all right. It says, today's problem is that the hand insists on seeing even after the eye has already seen. Right? Everyone desires to have everything in themselves, refusing to accept the supply of the other members. Right? This creates poverty in them as well as the church, or the body. Submitting to the authority of others, you possess their riches in subordination brings poverty. So, so, so again, now it's, it's, it's talking to be without what you need, right? So, so this hand does not accept the riches of the body. This hand is without the blood it needs. You know, when your hand goes numb, you're not happy with that. Without the nerves it needs, you can't move your fingers. Like, you know, when you damage your nerves, you can't feel your fingers or your toes, right? So now your, your fingers and your toes aren't benefiting from the riches of the body, okay? That insubordination, if something does not submit within your physical body, it creates poverty in the body. The body loses things. And if it stays that numb long enough, we amputate it. Right? right? Amen. You know, the scripture says, if your hand offend you, cut it off. <laughs> right? All right, you got me, you got me so far, right? Yes. It says, we often misunderstand authority as something which oppresses us, 
hurts us and troubles us. So anytime we hear the word authority or obedience or somebody telling us what to do, we think oppression, right? We think hurt and we think trouble. I repeat, anytime we hear the word authority, which is attached to obedience, we think oppression, we think hurt, we think trouble. So we could be on the team, but we don't yield. We could be a part of the jobs management flow, but we're doing our own thing, right? Because we don't trust. We can get into a new relationship that we said God let us in, but we don't submit one to another, right? Amen. We good? You still with me so far? Amen. Why? Because we misunderstand authority as something which oppresses us, hurts us, and troubles us. Now, this, God does not have such a concept. He would not have you wait for decades and pass through many dark and painful days before you are able to see yourself the value of subordination in the body. God, God can't wait on us because if you, we're still immature when it comes to submitting to, to our position in the body. So if he waits on us, it may never happen. And the reason why God doesn't wait on us is because by the time um, we get it, we might have led many people into darkness. You know, by the time we get a reality of what, you know, you ever, as you get older, you go, man, you know what? I had that all wrong. Mama was telling me right. But, but at the point that you realize it, you also realize all the damage you've done, seeing things the wrong way. See, see, God is a different type of parent. Well, I can't wait for you to get it, right? So, so God does something so we will get it. So no, he first works in the life of another and works thoroughly in that life so that he may give that person to you as an authority above you for you to learn obedience and to possess what you never possessed before. So what God does is he goes, he wants us ultimately to be obedient, to flow within the body so we can fulfill purpose. But it's hard for us, right? Like, I mean, we just said it because there's accountability, there's responsibility, there's correction. Some of us, if we were honest, we don't like correction at all. I'm not talking about every once in a while. And, and some of us will say, hey, you know, if I do wrong, just tell me, just tell me. No, we're not telling you because of your response, not what you, what you told yourself you like to receive, but how your body responds to correction. Right? So what God does is he says, okay, if I wait on you, this ain't never happening. So what I'm going to do is I'm finding those that have yielded to presented themselves as a living sacrifice. We talked about this in survival kit over in class earlier today. Those that it says, hey, Lord, my life's not my own. Hey, I, I surrender. I serve you. Use me as you will. So now that person is saying, hey. I'm going to esteem others better than myself. I'm not going to look on my own things. I'm going to look on the things of others. God said, good, I have an assignment for you. I'm going to use you and position you to help those that are not in position. Now, fear not their faces. Don't be dismayed by their looks or their speech. That's Jeremiah 1 and, and, and Ezekiel 2. He said, because they're, they're not used to someone that's a peer or someone that they can see challenging them. 
But I'm going to equip you with wisdom to speak the truth in love no matter what. Right? To lay down your life for your friends. So lay down your like. You're not here to be liked. That's why I thoroughly trained you. So you will, you will go in and give them what they need, not helping their situation at the expense of their life. They're used to people uh, pacifying them because most people around them want to be liked by them. I'm sending you in not to be liked by them, but to love them to fulfill purpose. All right? You got me so far? Right? And, and, and so, so, so this is what God, so he takes these people through testing trials, and, 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 and they go through persecution. They go through brokenness. They go through heartache. They go through Joseph's experience in the prison, unfair treatment. They go through Moses' experience where everybody's like, man, you ain't all that. They, they, they pass these tests so they're equipped to guide you in the purpose. And to deal with all of your, your defenses, all of your manipulation. Because, you, know, you know, when we kids, we start the manipulation process, right? You know, because, you know, grandma, uh, great-grandma, Uncle Johnny, everybody else. Oh, you know, she's so cute. She's so cute. And then once you start to hear that, hey, I'm cute. And so you use the cute. You know, you know, like my grandchildren trained by my lovely wife over here. Grandpa, could you buy that for me? I mean, how could you not, you know? Oh, so let's, let's, let's talk about this. I'm going to just weave this in. This is an audible, but I think this will fit here. So last week we got, uh, this past week, we had two pieces of cheesecake, right? Right, from Colina. We got two pieces of cheesecake. Now, up to this point, Colina does a good job with cheesecake, and um, I haven't really got a chance to taste the cheesecake because every time we get a cheesecake, it's gone before we get to the house. Like, you know, we got a 35-minute drive, so it's gone. You know, like, you know, it's, it's supposed to be tasted along the way, but the taste turns into consumption, right? We, y'all can figure, read between the lines what happens to it, right? Because I'm driving. I'm not eating it. So Kalina, who pays attention, she realizes... Well, Pastor Keith has never really experienced this cheesecake. So what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to give a piece for him and a piece for, you already know the other person, right? And so we're driving, just like I said. The first piece is gone before we even get to the house. It's gone. It's gone. So there's another piece. For who? Supposed to be. Right. Wait, wait. <laughs> These are the lines I was hearing. We're one, this, that, now I say, listen, no, no, that, that, that's for me. Uh, so then, I, then you know, because I share. So then it's like, well, I said, I haven't even tasted the cheesecake. Yeah, well, you want to just taste it? <laughs> These are all this, this is, this is, this is all the stuff I'm getting. I'm, I'm still, stay with me. I'm still with the sermon. I'm still with the sermon. Right. So then, uh, well, we probably should put a, because st- we have rules, statute of limitations. If it stays too long, then you ain't paying it no mind anyway. Okay, st- meaning if it stays too long. We probably should put a statute of limitation on that cheesecake downstairs. <laughs> the next day. I'm like, huh? Like, like I said, we just got the thing. Like, yeah, but I just don't want it to go to waste. You know, the fruit 
Now, all of a sudden, this girl had me eating stuff. That's fine. It's fine. Now it's like, well, the fruit only going to last for so long. So we don't want it just to stay in there. And so then, then, then she used her go-to. This is the go-to. And y'all, might, y'all probably not going to be able to see this, but she started batting her eyes. She started batting her eyes. So I said, listen, I said, okay. I said, could you send me a piece so I can at least tell her I tasted it, right? So I got a piece. I got a little piece, right? And so, so she swallowed that up. Now, I said that to say that batting eyes probably started a long time ago when you're little. Oh, she cute, right? You know, and then so now she got on me. She says, well, you know, you gave me the cake. I said, no, you batted your eyes. I, I said, I didn't have a choice. You know, and uh, I was done after that, right? I'm saying that like, like we grow up with these little things. Now God sends people in our lives that, so you come to a church and you bat your eyes and nobody paying you no mind. <laughs> now you're offended, but you're not offended because they're doing what's best for you. You're offended because, hey, 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 don't you understand how you're supposed to respond to me? You come to a church and you know how to jockey for position. You say all the sweet nothings. Like my mom used to say we should leave church. She said, you sure got a nice suit on today. That sure was a good sermon. I said, mom, what you want to go eat? Where you want to go eat? I said, mom, you ain't got to sweet talk me. Just, to, just tell me where you want to go and we can go. I said, if I can take you, I will. If I can, I won't. I said, but please, it kind of vexes me when you're hustling me. So I didn't say sweet talk. I said, when you hustle me. She said, you mean sweet talk your baby? I said, come on, mom, just ask, and then let me, I'm the type of person, I'll make a choice. Well, when you come into an environment, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm built for that. I'm built to just make the best choice, regardless of the circumstances. So, you, you can break down and start crying. If God ain't tell me to do it, I'm not doing it. And everybody around be like, boy, he's so insensitive. No, he's so obedient. See, because you don't know that that person's been turning on tears all their life. But you, you too busy. See, you weren't built to pay attention to the details of how they operate. You just dealing with them in a glance. But I'm designed to serve them in the purpose. So I got to see the details. I can't pacify the very things that's been a struggle for them. You, you got me so far? You good? All right, so let's go Romans 15 because I know y'all need chapter and verse here at Eric's Christmas Center Church. You know, you just... You know, can't spend too much time on, on the, uh, what did you say, Venetia, the examples, right? <laughs> right. Chapter and verse got to go along with it, right? So Romans 15, did I tell you Romans? Yeah. Romans 15, we'll start here at verse 1, Romans 15, 1. Again, we, we're talking about finding purpose and how God uses people to find purpose. Now, in the morning in the Bible study fellowship from 6 a.m. to 8 a.m., Eight-ish. Sometimes it goes over, but but there's there's a there's a there's a, there's a structure. We flow, but there's a structure, and so what I like it. They set up, uh, you know, uh, Trina, Karen, and whoever they set up the structure, and they do. They say uh, headings, right? So, so you have any headings? So you go in and says, what is the heading of that chapter? Well, the heading for this one is edify one another. That's how the chapter opened up. So it's giving you a crystallized or, or a version of what the whole chapter is about. What? Edifying one another. And it starts here, verse 1. It says, we then that are strong 
ought to bear the infirmities of the weak. Right? It says, and not to please ourselves. It says, let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification or building up is what it means to edify, right? It says, for even Christ pleased not himself. It says, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. This is Christ, right? And so we were, t- we were at uh, Survival Kit, and this, you know, and we were just talking about coming boldly to the throne of grace. But we were just kind of talking about the, the uh, having Christ in us and the things that Christ went, went through. And the question was asked, what type of high priest do we have? Because uh, they were talking about uh, Hebrews uh, 4, I believe, uh, 14 through 16. Right, so what, what it talks about, you, have a, you, you don't just have a regular high priest, but you have a high priest that suffered the things that you've gone through. Right. And so the question was asked, well, what type of high priest do you have? And so Trina was like, hey, it was, well, we have, a, and Karen, uh, we have a high priest that, that that's went through things for us. But then it says he went through things, but he sinned not. So he, had, he endured excruciating. So then then that triggered something for me. I said, well, you know what? What's so interesting is the people that God sends out ahead of you go through stuff at an extreme to be able able to pass the test to show you how to pass the test, right? And so so I said this to them. This is another message coming up, but I'll I'll put it in here. I said, "It it answers the why. Because if you're messing up and consequences come, you already got the why, right? <laughs> you could be in denial, but you know why, right? Yeah. Even if you're defensive, you know why, right? Right? Yeah. Right. 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 right? Come on, let me get some, hey, man. Right, so, right? so if you mess up uh-huh. and you get consequences, you know why, right? Yeah. Come on, hey, man. Right, right, right? Right, 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 right? All right, good, all right. But there's times when you don't, see the mess up but there's still some consequences and you ask yourself what why Why? Mm -hmm. you stuck in why suppose the why is what you're going through is so you can help somebody else get through that's the answer to the why you with me you with me so far right right because the strong bears the infirmity of the weak so so the thing is uh, you know Grandson, son, different people take my wife out or wherever, go out, work out with me, right? Well, I'm, I'm, uh, I, was, I was talking to somebody and they're, they're, they were trying to get their bench to a certain level. And so I just walked them through what I've been doing. You know, I, I, I changed some stuff up. I actually benched twice in a week. But I, I benched pyramids at the beginning of the week and I do all my small muscle stuff and everything else. At the end of the week, I just want to test where I'm at. So I just do what's ones. I mean, I'm not doing nothing heavy, but I'm just one, 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 and I keep going up to what I can do, basically where I, can, where I can't push it no more, <laughs> right? right? And so, so the guy was like, man, you know, I, I, I was trying to get, it was like it was three, three, ten. I was trying to get this 310. He said, man, I almost got it, you know? And so I walked him through what I did to lift what I was lifting, which was more than 310. And so, but how was I able to tell them that? Right. But I have a level of strength. Right? And so I was telling them the process that I went to to gain that strength. But I had to go through it. I had to go through the pain, right? Had to, had to tear my muscles up, let them build back up, right? You know, had to build my back, 
big back, big bench, right? Like I had, I had to keep doing these different things, right? On, on a consistent basis till I got to that point. It was not at my convenience, right? But then now I'm able to help this person through it. You, you, you with me so far? Strong bears and firm in a week. Um, and this is the thing. These people that God has set apart to, to guide you through, these are people that's laid down their life to, uh, they've they laid down their life to fight for sight. So out ahead of you, what they did was they went through all the pain, all the costs to see, right? We always talk about around here, fight to see. So they went through whatever fight they needed to see. So when they're talking to you, they're not, I think that's the way. They see so clearly, oh, no, 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 no. Don't get distracted by that. They always try that. Yeah. Step over here just a little bit. See that? That's what they don't want you to see. Go that way. So they're not guessing because they, they, they've, they've paid a price. Remember, God works in them thoroughly, right? And so God sends them to us to guide us out. When we're, we're running and we're trying to isolate ourselves or we, we, we run it because it's uncomfortable, we're fighting against our surrogate eyes. Because we can't use our own eyes. It hurts too much. You remember in the movie, uh, The Matrix, uh, uh, Neo, which means new, was talking to Morpheus, which means change. He said, my eyes hurt. He says, because you haven't been using them. See, a lot of times we haven't been using our inner eye. Even though the scripture says don't look on the things that you see naturally, they're temporal. Look on the things that you can't see for the eternal. Stay with me, David. Don't go nowhere. All right. So let's go to Proverbs 20, right? Proverbs 20. All right. So because you, you, chapter and verse, because we're skipping uh, major things to help us to do this. You know, right? You know, because we, you know, God set the members in the body as it pleased him for a reason, right? And he, and he set the order for a particular reason, too. It's not as a punishment, it's as a benefit. Let's look at uh, Proverbs 20, and we'll look here at verse 5. Proverbs 20, verse 5. Just for the sake of time, I'll read it out of the to amplify. It might not be much different from the King James. But it says this, counsel in the heart of a man is like deep water, right? It says, but a man of understanding will draw it out. So sometimes we have... What, what we need to get our release and to get our peace is embedded deep in us. You know, treasure is hidden in an earthen vessel. But sometimes we don't have the strength to go that deep. So God sends a person of understanding to, to assist us to go deep for us and to draw out what's already in us. So I'm talking to a person. This person was a peer and they were in ministry, but they were in a crisis. They're in a crisis and they came to me for you know, it was kind of random. We just ran into each other, so he just asked me for some advice. Well, now I'm in a situation where we're peers. So, so I don't want to just come across like, yeah, let me fix you because here you, you, you're ordained and called as well. But I knew the person was hurting through. And so I asked the Holy Spirit to give me the wisdom because I don't know what to say. You know, there's one time I counseled a pastor and his son, I'm a minister. I'm like, really? Why do I got to get in this, this situation? 
Well, I asked the Holy Spirit what to say. Now, in both scenarios, this is when the person said, oh, my God, this really helped me. I said, oh, oh, oh. I said, I appreciate you, the vote of confidence that I'm packing some level of wisdom. I said, I got that out of you. They said, what? I said, no, 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 no. That, that, that was already in you. Because you're dealing with the situation, you don't have the strength to go down deep enough to pull it out. So God just sent me because I'm not dealing with your situation. So I'm, I'm in a position of strength. You're in a position of weakness. I can go in and pull out what's already in you to take care of the situation. I help, I'm accessing the treasure, presenting it to you. It looks like I came up with it, but no, I just got it from you. If you don't show up, I don't have the wisdom for the situation because it's embedded inside you. But God set things up. He thoroughly worked in me, broke me, took me through misunderstanding and craziness and changes. So now all that I can live, the life that I live is not my life, it's Christ that lives through me. So now when a, when a demand is placed on me, I can now see past all the stuff that's weighing on you. Go dig in, pull out the wisdom, you're going to recognize it because it came from inside you. I look like I got the benefit because you're like, I didn't see that before. And you didn't see it was in you. But it was in you. You just didn't see it. Only thing I did was through the grace of God and the Holy Spirit go in and dig it out. You see what I'm saying? That's why it's important for you to be around people. So we was in class yesterday. We was talking through some things. And Minister Lamar mentioned this scripture, uh, Numbers 10, 29 through 32. Numbers 10, 29 through 32. This kind of speaks to our point here. Again, we're talking about finding purpose, and we're talking about how God has already ordained, set people apart, taking people through test, trials, tribulation, and brokenness to prepare the way for you to get into your purpose. So you're running beyond and running from the very tools God wants to use to assist you into finding purpose, right? All right, so uh, Numbers 10, 29 through 32. Again, I'm going to read it out of the classic Amplified version just for impact. It says, and Moses said to Hobab, son of uh, Reol, or uh, in the King James it says uh, Ragul, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law. He says, we are journeying. Now, now, Moses is talking to his father-in-law. He says, we're journeying to a place of which the Lord said, I will give it to you. Right? So God had already said, I will give you this place. He said, come with us and we will do, do you good. For the Lord has promised good concerning Israel. And Hobab said to him, I will not go. I will depart to my own land and to, and to my family. His member Zipporah <laughs> was of a different crew, you know, right? So he says, so, so, so his default is, now nah, I'm going to go back to familiar, right? And Moses said, do not leave us. I pray you. So he's like, you better listen to what I'm saying. He says, for you know how we are to encamp in the wilderness, and you will serve as eyes for us. And if you, if you will go with us, it shall be that whatever good the Lord does to us, the same will he do to you. So it's a responsibility on both sides. It's a responsibility of the person to yield, but it's a responsibility of the person that is assigned to guide and be eyes to be the eyes. Right? But... Everybody gets blessed out the deal. 
You see how that works? Remember when uh, Paul, Acts chapter 9, verse 5 through 10, Paul was knocked off his horse, right? You remember Paul was, um, uh, he was Saul at the time, and he was uh, persecuting Christians. Now, people, people just try to crystallize and say he was murdering Christians. It's not what he was doing. You know what I'm saying? Now, he, he was standing there consenting, almost like, hey, I'll hold your coat while you beat them senseless, while you kill them, stone them to death. Right, so he was he was a accomplice, right? All right, so then then he's he's going on the road to Damascus. The Lord shows up, says, "Paul, why do you kick against the pricks? Why are you basically coming against my authority, my design, and my purpose?" So Paul, recognizing, "Uh oh, I've done this wrong." So so not running, not making excuses like Cain. He's like, "Okay, Lord, I had this all wrong." I was in denial, didn't really want to know the truth. But now that face-to-face I'm with the truth, what will you have me to do? That, 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 okay, Acts chapter 9. Let's go there. Acts chapter 9. So, so, so Paul's considered a leader up to this point. Is that right, Mr. Lamar? Yeah, a Pharisee, right? Highly educated, right? Highly educated, highly esteemed, highly positioned, Hey, credentials, he has all the credentials the world would say he the man, right? So Acts chapter 9, verse 5, uh, well, we say verse 4, Acts chapter 9, 4. Um, it says, and he fell, fell to the earth and heard, the voice, heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecuteth thou me? And he said, who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks, Right? Basically, my rule, my authority, how I do things. And he trembled and, asto- he, he, and, he trembled and astonished, said, Lord, what will thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, so now I'm going to give you some instructions because we got to get you from where you are to where you need to be. He says, arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. Right? Right? And it says, uh, uh, I think I, did I skip the part where he got blinded? Yeah, all right, but y'all know he got blinded, okay. Right? <laughs> like, I'm assuming everybody knows that. All right, uh, let me see, what, what did I say? He'll tell thee what, look, he says, uh, he says, arise, go to the city, and it shall be told thee what thou should do. So now I got to depend on somebody else. It says, then the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. So they heard the voice, but they didn't see anybody. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. Oh, this, this is the part where he's just blinded. But, but they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. So when he opened up his eyes, he was hit with the light. When he opened his eyes, he realized he couldn't see naturally anymore. And so, so, so now he had to be a dependent, right? It says, uh, it says so the roads were open, but led to Damascus, nine. And he was, and he was three days without sight. Now, 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 come on now. Process through three, being three days without sight, one day without sight, an hour without sight. He's three full days without sight, right? Uh, so now God tells you, it's going to be told you what to do. And three days go by and you can't see? How are you thinking when you're used to running things, right? But you can't manipulate because you can't see. Right, can't put your hands on. Uh, 
It says, neither did eat nor drink. So he basically fasted. You know, because he probably was like, well, I don't know what they feed me. <laughs> I can't see it. Right? Verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. Uh, and he said, behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise, go into the street, which is called straight. That's significant. And inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he prayeth. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many that of this man how much evil he has done uh, to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said unto him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles. And and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things, uh-oh, he must suffer for my namesake. All right, so one, he's talking to Ananias. He was talking to Paul in the way. So Paul's waiting for Ananias, who's less than in terms of credentials, to lay his hands on him to impart sight. So, so Ananias had went through all the workings and the preparation to be able to, to hear from God. First of all, he has to hear from God. To know what God is saying and to let God use him to restore someone's sight. Amen. For God to use him to store. So it costs a whole lot for you to be in that position. Everybody ain't just going around giving people their sight. Everybody's not going around just hearing God. So he went through something so Paul could see what he needed to go through so other people could see. So we can see now, we, got, we have all the New Testament because Paul went through all he went through to write what he wrote so we can read it. Amen. So we all get to see because Paul went through what he went through, but he wouldn't have been able to see if Ananias didn't go through what he went through. Amen. You see how that lines up? Yes. Right, so you realize this, there, these, these people that God has in your life, purpose carries an anointing or brilliance of power. So when a, purpose, a person is purposed to assist you to purpose, they're carrying an anointing. But sometimes we're, we're so busy sizing people up looking to be familiar, we'll look past the anointing. Because in natural eyes, we're looking at Ananias like, what, should, what degree you got? Who's your spiritual father? What's your pedigree? You know, what school did you go to? What credit does the school have? Who was you under? Did you follow the Copelands, the Hagens? You know, I just want to know, what's your circle? What circles was you in? Right? We're looking at all that, and we can't see the anointing. We can't see that that person that doesn't have all those credentials, that doesn't have the big TV show, that doesn't have 10,000 people, is the person that God sent. We can't see that. We'll look right past the anointing. See, see there, there's a... That purpose carries, it's a brilliance that's on that person. This, something happens, there's a knowing. When that person's in the atmosphere, things change, right? And we know this, uh, uh, First Samuel, you can write it down and go, go read it yourself when you have time, just for the sake of time, First Samuel uh, 10, verse 6. Remember um, uh, Saul, King Saul, we're not talking about this uh, Saul that became Paul, we're talking about King Saul, King King Saul goes out 
uh, well, he wasn't king at the time, right? <laughs> but he goes out, uh, and they, they lose a donkey or whatever, whatever they lost. And, and they, they gave him instruction. They said, hey, hey, uh, there's a man of God in the city. Man of God's important. The man of God can show you whatever you need. So he's like, well, I don't have nothing, no gift to give him. Because, you know, what you sow into, you draw from, right? So, he, so, he, so, so they look for a gift and they look for the man of God. And people saw, when, when Saul got with these people, they looked and they said, is that Saul? Saul that we know? They saw him prophesying with the prophets. The scripture says he was changed into another man. When he got in a particular atmosphere, he was changed to another man. 1 Samuel 10, verse 6. All right, and let's look here at Romans 6, 18 and 19. Romans 6, 18 and 19. I just want to give you some scriptures to actually reference on your own of how God's system operates. You know, because, again, we're trying to find purpose, and we talked about some practical ways, some spiritual ways. We talked about how God designs us for purpose and things of that nature. But God set th sets things in place for us to discover purpose. And if we don't recognize all the breadcrumbs, even the anointed men and women of God as our breadcrumbs, uh, we can miss out on getting, gaining our sight. Right? So Romans 6, 18 and 19, again, I'm going to read the classic amplified version of that verse. Um, it says, and having been set free from sin, you have become the servants of righteousness, right? Of conformity to the divine will in thought, purpose, and action, right? It says, I, I, I am speaking in familiar human terms because of your natural limitations. It says, for as you have yielded your bodily members or faculties as servants to impurity, uh, and ever-increasing ever lawlessness. He's saying this is how the life that you was living. He says, so now yield your bodily, your bodily members and faculties once and for all as servants of righteousness, a right being and doing, which leads to sanctification. He's basically saying yield to God's glory, that brilliance, right? He says, okay, just like you was all in. You know, a lot of, like, like, like again, we're in so many different situations, but you know, and I got so many different teachings I'm working on. But what I look at, I always look at when people have a standard for the kingdom, did they have that standard when they was in the world? You know, so, so, so sometimes we will say this is too spiritual. But, but when we were living in the world, was it too ungodly? You, you see what I'm saying? Like, or sometimes we'll say, well, well how much do I want to commit? But what was we saying that when we was in the world? Like only in the kingdom do we come up with these restraints to be all in. Well, I don't want nobody to think, you know, I'm too spiritual. But you wasn't saying I didn't want nobody to think I'm too wild. You, you, just bear with me. I'm just saying, I'm giving you contrast. I'm not trying to identify any particular person. I'm just saying... This scripture is saying, hey, look at how you yielded yourself to lawlessness. Can God get that? And I'm not just saying this as a, as a pastor, as a, as a young, new Christian, that was my thinking. I was all in I, to extremes. You know, y'all have heard all the stories. So I'm not going to repeat them. But to extremes, so I'm like, well, if I'm going to live for God, I at least should give him my all. I gave him my all out there. You know, so that's why I live the way I do. I, can't, I don't make people give their all, but that's on you. 
but I have to give my all and I have to represent my all and I have to express to you what giving you all is, even though the scripture does say in Matthew 22, 37, with all your heart, soul, and might. So that's just not me. That's, the Bible is requesting it. Present yourself as a living sacrifice. We ain't visiting as a sacrifice. We live in, in land in our life. And we talked about this in um, Survival Kit. It's the least we could do. So that's the lowest level of giving my life to the kingdom. Right? I'm presenting all of myself as a living sacrifice. Does that make sense? All right, so Acts chapter uh, 4, 13 and 14, uh, you can just write it down. But this is when they was looking at the disciples and they said, look, it says, it says they noticed that they had been with Jesus. So how did they notice they had been with Jesus? They recognized something on them, right? It said they noticed they had been with Jesus, Right? And so that's what I'm saying. The, 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 when the, the people that God is trying to use in our life, they got an anointing on them. Uh, the King James Version of that scripture says, now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they weren't the usual suspects that would be communicating like this. It says they marveled and they looked, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed, standing with them, they could say nothing against it because they just got somebody healed. See, 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 this is how God wants to use us. In other words, the, one of the, the main keys to finding purpose when you're lost, when you don't know what to do, and you're trying to find purpose, right? When lost, follow the anointing. Yeah, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to do this or another. Man, don't follow the anointing. Uh, Karen was talking about this. She was like, uh, she says, you know, I was just thinking this through. Like, sometimes when you don't have the strength, can you pull on other people's strength? Am I saying that right, Karen? That was in the survival kit class. And so that's when I, came, I, I brought in the scripture, the strong bears the infirmary of the week. I was like, you sure can. <laughs> you sure can. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Follow the anointing. You know what I'm saying? You know, it will inspire you. And, and this is what I, I, I decided to do in my life. I locked in and said, they know the way out. I'm following them. And so what I started doing is, she, my wife is a witness to this. I started sitting up front. Nobody had told me to sit up front. See, all the distractions are behind me. You know, but, when, but because I'm, I'm, I'm a, a people person, when I was in the back, listen, if you're in the back, fine. Like, I'm, I'm telling you from... For me, okay? Stay with me. Don't, don't leave. All right? I can see what everybody doing, you know, what the kids doing. And, 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 you know, we had thousands of people at the church. So one time I'm in the back. I was actually on assignment uh, as, a, as a security, and I'm in the back. They holding the conversation like, you know, like they hanging out. Like they, they you know, they had, had a crap game or something. I was like, this is what goes on back here. <laughs> I was like, you know, because, you know, it was a pretty, pretty large church at the time. So I said, man, I, I hate, well, I'm going to be honest. I hate it when I had that assignment because I also had to, you know, every half hour walk around the property. Well, if I'm walking around the property, then I'm going to miss the word. Like I just, you know, I'm, God takes care of that, but I ain't want to miss nothing. And so I was, I was up front. And even when I had a jacked up schedule, if there was a, a vent or a gift in the house, I, I, I was there. Every, she'll tell you, every time. Then a friend of mine said, man, you're missing a whole lot of stuff during the week. And I was like, yeah, because of my schedule, this, that, and the other. 
He said, he said then he came to me, he said, man, whoo, that anointing was powerful. Building was shaking. Uh, we, we had tapes back then. He says, you get the tape, tape ain't going to do you no justice. And I was like, yeah, I'm not, and I wasn't against the words. I was like, I'm not feeling you. I feel I'm just trying to work out my schedule, just another. Well, one day I'm at service, man, the anointing was so powerful. Literally, the building felt like it was shaking. And, and I said to myself, man, if such and such was there, you know, I was like, man, he, I said, man, tape ain't, it just came out of me. I said, tape ain't going to do him no justice on this one. And it hit me. That's what he's been trying to tell you. So God uses that person anointing to just share something with me. I didn't fight against it. But when I got into the situation, the first thing that came up is what they shared. So everything you share doesn't have to fix people that day. But if you don't share with them, when they pass by that area, they won't recognize the confirmation. Right? Share it, even if they don't like it. You don't have to force it. Just share it. Offer it. Right? See, that's what I did. I said, they know the way. I'm following them. Remember when Zacchaeus came out after he had had that time? You know, of course, you know, he was, you know, went through some things where he didn't believe, you know. When he came out, it said they looked on him and they saw something different. Moses came down from the mountain. His countenance was totally different. See, there was a different anointing on him, right? When they saw Moses' face, like, okay, we don't know what's going on, but that ain't the same guy that went up in the mountain. But guess what? They followed him after. They followed him. Matter of fact, when he, when he said, okay, the people that's with God, you come over here. The rest of y'all stay over there. The majority of people came over there because Moses was carrying something. Dathan and them, you know, Cora and them, they, 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 they were so blinded by their lust, they couldn't see the anointing. Because anybody in their right mind would have been like, the dude that done changed, I'm going on that side. Because even the people that was partying, they was like, my bad. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I they made me do it. You know, whatever. Like, Lisa, so, so again, they could have, they could have, God could have opened up the ground. He always gives us an opportunity to repent. So they could have repented instead of repenting. Now, I know what I was doing. Yeah, I mean, ain't nobody changing nothing. What? I'm doubling up on it. I know what I did. I know what I said. And I meant, whoa. <laughs> Next thing you know, they, the crowd opened up. They're gone. Right? Right. right so, so follow the anointing. There's a situation in Mark chapter 1, 30, 37, 38. You can write that down too. I'm just giving you the scriptures uh, just, just for time's sake. It says, so when the disciples said, everybody is looking for you. Jesus said, Okay, let, let us go to the next destination because that's what I'm here for. Jesus was looking at purpose more than performance or praise. When Jesus said, let's go to the other side, they went with him. When they said everybody looking for you, they was basically saying, yo, you the man now. You the man. Everybody looking for you. So what you want us to do, you want us to set up a meeting, you know, this, that, and the other so we can, you know, and you want us to take, yeah, you want us to sell tickets. This, now Jesus said, oh, all right. All right, so this is our next destination. And they probably was like, but you sweet here. Why would you be going to the next destination? But again, he was focused on purpose, not performance and praise. You see what I'm saying? So they followed him even though it seemed like we could, we could just rest right here. No, follow the anointing. What he was saying, let's go to our purpose place. 
See, there's a place for purpose, and, and we'll probably have to get into this next week just because of time. I really want to get into it today, but I won't. Um, right? We'll get into there's a place for purpose. And so God sends people around to try to get us in place. Right? And so sometimes we're, we're, we're all over the place, and, but we need to be in place. Right? Amen. You know, a lot of times we're outside... We're outside the lines. I'll just give you this brief, brief, brief nugget. As much as we're looking for purpose, purpose is looking for us. Right? God's really designing us. And where does purpose find us? Purpose finds us in preparation. See, because when I'm in the right place, that place is designed to prepare me for purpose. And I, and I endure, I, I deal with what I need to deal with. I, I allow myself to be thoroughly worked through like we read earlier. Earlier. So I'm ready to fulfill my purpose and assist other people in fulfilling theirs. All right, we'll get into more of the, 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 the place of preparation next week. But, but, but I didn't want us to talk about purpose and we don't have actual tangible things that we can use, apply, or, 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 or tangible breadcrumbs to move towards purpose. So, of course, you have the other four teachings to get those breadcrumbs, but this one is like, there's, there's, there's people around you that God has used to, to assist you. Now, it's going to take some humility. You know, we, we have to humble ourselves. But the Bible says, humble yourself in the sight of God, you'll be exalted in due time. It takes humility. Everybody is not coming against you. Right? Uh, they, they might not allow you to stay in that philosophy, but it's not like everybody's coming against you. They're actually trying to assist you out of what you, may, you haven't been able to get out yourself. Amen. And so, so, so whereas you've been able to excuse your way into the, stuck in the mud, God sends people that excuses aren't going to work. Now, I shared this with someone here. They probably wouldn't mind me sharing it, but I'll let them share it. Uh, and I was like... I, well, some of y'all gonna figure this out. I was like, do you realize like the default, you, you're playing chess? Like it's a default. It's not, so, so that means they ain't doing it on purpose. Like they can't help it. Soon as somebody hit them with a certain truth, they gotta move, <laughs> you know? Then another truth comes, they got another move. And, and since they designed to think seven moves ahead, <laughs> yeah, it, before you done came up with your, your extra truth, they, they done overwhelmed you, right? But people that are designed to help you to purpose, they don't seen all those moves. And they're letting you know what the default is. Not to put you down, to make you aware of what nobody else realizes because they're reacting to you. Or they won't tell you, as Pastor Mel said. She just invited herself into the sermon. So <laughs> she was helping. That was help. Like, see, yeah, I need help. All right. And so we have this young lady over here. I'm going to tell her story. So we come into counseling, and really the focus of the counseling, premarital, was this guy. You know, this guy, like, you know, and he was actually trying to keep her away from the counseling, or us, right? Right? <laughs> it was. I mean, like, well, I don't need you around them guys. They're going to mess up my flow, right? So come to counseling, and so most of the focus is on him. But the Holy Spirit was like, wait a minute. Like, because the, the, the Z's flow was like, well, I don't be paying that no mind. That don't make me no difference. You know, I'll just, I, 
You know, I don't even be thinking about that. All the things she was saying don't make her no difference in thinking about, she's supposed to be paying attention to. But it was going to cost to pay attention. And, 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 and there's a possibility of rejection and hurt and pain. But if I just blow it off, like, what? I don't know what you're talking What? Really? Well, you're not. <laughs> you couldn't even hold her accountable because what? She ain't paying attention. And then she told you in advance, what? She ain't paying attention. So if you call her to something she should have paid attention to, she can go, well, I already told you. I don't need to think about that, right? And the Holy Spirit just called it out in, in, in the counseling session. But not to bust her out, to help her to move beyond it. Because now that she's paying attention, she's growing and moving into things. We have these, the, our own protection. Like, do y'all think we ain't paying attention? I just told you we went, thoroughly went through some stuff to see your default. We know your default. Then you get around us, you feel comfortable because of the default, right? <laughs> so you tell us things, and the whole time I'm sitting there going, the last thing I told you is the same thing that you need to do right now, right? Nothing's changed. But not as a put down as I'm equipped to, hey, she's equipped. Hey, hey, appreciate that. Thanks for the compliment. I'm sure you like the tie. <laughs> now let's get back to purpose. Oh, you know what? That is, whew, now that's some tragic stuff right there. Probably was painful, wasn't it? Hurt, didn't it? Ooh, uh, that's so insensitive. Now let's get back to purpose. Uh, what? Now why would somebody do something like that? That is so unfair. Uh, and you're being asked to do something and that person wasn't even asked to do it. And how are they getting away with it and then you're asked to do it? Man, it just seems like you know, they're being held to a different standard than you. That is so deep. Now let's get back to purpose. See, all these things we lock in on to justify our compromises, they're all diversions. And, I, and listen, I, listen, I'm not mad at nobody. I'm just designed to focus on purpose. So, hey, if that's working for you at the job, at the house, with your family and your friends, do what you got to do. But it ain't going to work for a purpose. Only thing that works for a purpose is obedience. Amen. You see that? Well, I'm, giving, I'm, I'm giving you the playlist. Mm -hmm. Here you go. Do you know some people you got to like get in them? You, do you have kids that you, sometimes you got to get in them? Sometimes you got to get, I said sometimes, you heard me say sometimes? Okay, all right, right. Sometimes you got, now, do your kids like it when you're getting in them? But, but you have a get in your kids, like, but you haven't normally get in them, but you get in them and something changes? You ever seen a change? Right? Because you wanted them to know, oh, no, 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 we, we serious today. This ain't nothing to play with. You ever just not spank your kids, but then... They get a spanking that day, and they look at, they're, they're not crying normal. They're crying as if it's traumatic because they're like, pain? When did we start using pain here? When, when is the don't do that no more? That's what I'm used to. 
Now you're in pain? We're doing something new now? Why are you bringing brand new on me? No, what you're saying is, hey, obviously that is not correcting their behavior. So I have to modify my discipline. Because obviously we got to shake you into waking up. Do you understand that that happens at every level? You can skip it when you're young. It's just going to hurt more when you're older. But it's the same thing. It's all, like we think it's an option to sit and not embrace change. It's not. And listen, you want me to have mercy on you. I do. Have mercy on me. I don't have a choice. I got to give you what it takes to get you to purpose. There's a person, we was in office. She was like, I don't think that person's ever going to speak to you again. But it was exactly what that person needed. Exactly. I wasn't conjuring it up because I want to be liked too. I want everybody, all y'all to like me. Not the expense of your life though. Not the expense of your purpose though. And so you can be in your own denials, but that's why you get questions. I asked somebody a question yesterday, and they said, so, so he was answering the question. Don't laugh. They was answering the question. They said, so, they answered, and they said, so, what are you asking, and what are you looking for? I said, so I'm stuck. I'm like, I just asked what I'm asking. You know, like the Wendy's commercial, I just drew that. Like you said, maybe, you, maybe if you draw it, I just drew that. <laughs> So, so I was asking, I'm not putting the person down, I'm just saying I was asking the question. But probably they thought I was digging deep, and I really was just asking the question. Because my job is not to go in jumping to conclusions. My job, I, I, I talked to a pastor yesterday. I called him up and I said, hey, give me your philosophy of why, you've, uh, why you guys do things this way. Because I'm telling the team, this is how we do things. And he says, well, we do this for this, that, and the other. Everything made absolute sense. I said, okay, I just want to know your philosophy. We ain't strive. And I explained to him, I said, I asked you the question because if I'm requiring something in excellence of a team, this is different. And it might be something I never thought of, maybe some inside information that we could add to our repertoire. Then once I got the information, we could. So I asked questions. You understand what I'm saying? That, that's my job. But, but I can't sit around and store stuff. Like, this doesn't make, oh, this ain't going to flow. This is I can't do that. I can just ask a question. I might find out something I didn't know. Right? Normally we get offended because we assume we know everything. You, un- you understand what I'm saying? You working with me here? Mm-hmm. Right? So, so again, there's this, uh, I think I heard you say this recently. There's, there may be always something that we hadn't considered. Right? right? Mm-hmm. And so it takes a strength to do that. So God sits people out ahead of you that's patient enough. To go, like, unless you are in some type of weird, uh, we used to, back in the days to take psychedelics, or you're on some type of psychedelic, nobody, like, we don't get offended because you, you are disobedient, you're not doing what you're supposed to do, you're not listening, this and the other. But we, we ain't going nowhere. We still got to give you the truth. When you come back, hey, remember the truth we talked about before? I just talked to somebody. Hey, so let me ask you something. So revisiting what we talked about before, what's another angle I can handle this? I said, the same angle I gave you the first time. Okay. And, 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 but but I, didn't, I didn't say it to put them down. I said, listen, I said, let me help you. You already know what to do. Based on what we talked about, it's the fear and the difficulty of doing it. 
Like, I don't want to, it's uncomfortable to confront the situation. So you're really not asking what to do because you know what to do. You're trying to figure out what to do with the fear. That's what the issue is. Not that you don't know. Now, why was I able to see that and not get offended? I could have got offended. Man, what did I tell you? Like, man, come on, man. How many times I got to tell you? Like, what's all that for? That's not even, we don't have to go through all that. What's the requisite wisdom for the time? Right? Do, you, do we really want, okay, we really want purpose, but I'm going to say this rhetorically. Do we really want purpose? Because that's what fulfills us. One of the, one of the uh, uh, living life 101, when I first started working with juveniles, the only thing you're going to be happy at doing is what you were designed to do. I wasn't even in the word then and I knew that. All the other stuff that I don't work so hard for because everybody said on a Monopoly game, this would make me happy. And, and now that I've committed to it, I, I can at least go around people and they think I'm at such esteem. They don't know my debt. They don't know my heartache. They don't know my depression and my pain. But based on my credentials, they look at me like I'm somebody. Is it worth the exchange when we could be in purpose and may not get props from them, but impact the world? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's about purpose. It really is. You know where the depression's coming from? Purpose calling. You know where the funk's coming from? Purpose calling. The indifference, the funk, the hiding. We ain't in purpose. Why? All right, stand on your feet. That's not. 